everybody. We're continuing our conversation about Ephesians. Uh, today, we are going into Ephesians chapter 5. Uh, we have a good friend of ours, part of our community, Tori, uh, is joining us. And uh, so excited to have you here, not only from Greg, Zach, and myself, but also Tori as well. So enjoy. Bad at this like right after. I think we need good. to. We need to hire this was somebody. that was a that was a strong entrance right there. That strong, was good. Coming in strong. That was as strong as a hey two-legged person. You know what? Who, you know who's with us today? That's just going to redeem it all right now. Her name is. <laughs> Come on, Tori. Hello. Tori. Oh, yes. Hi. <laughs> Tori, before we start, I do have to apologize that we did tell you that we were going to do all of this over Zoom, and then somehow the three of us are together in person, and you didn't get invited. No, I was literally not ten minutes ago, and I still didn't get the invite. You know, they. I'm so glad that you can run your compressor on this audio to try to. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Tori goes from normal voice to screaming, and Zach goes from normal voice to whisper. Yeah, so yeah, we're the edit of this is always hard. She's my yang to my yin, right? Uh, no, just whatever. Yeah, let's move on. <laughs> uh, Tori, listen though, you told me you have a meeting at four, and so I didn't want to invitation you. Hey. I told you I was biking uptown. Come. Join me in Uptown that you have to leave right away. And remember after you said I'm biking to Uptown, I literally said, oh, and then are you coming back here to do the podcast? I thought you said it was over Zoom. And you, oh. what did you even say to that? I literally brought it up and you were just like, yeah, over Zoom. Like, All right. <laughs> You're right. I'm going to take it. That's, it's not that I didn't want you here, but apparently subconsciously, it's very fitting that we would talk about <laughs> Ephesians 5 today. And the world's falling. Hey, listen though, Tori. The, some of our thing, favorite things about your who you are is that some people would just, oh. Well, they didn't okay. want me there. I get, no, she still says that. She just yells she at it. She says it, but not, <laughs> not like that. Uh, oops that's all i can say oops. i wish i wish you were here tori if i identifying some traits in um in your actions that might match an underlying belief yeah about yeah. women uh, yeah so, <laughs> yeah on that note let's go to Ephesians. <laughs> tori if i were with you at north loop i would have forgotten to even invite you i sorry I just suck. All equally. <laughs> I don't want to say sexist on the podcast, but. You can say it. We yeah. I don't actually think that. I'm glad you don't call But I mean, it's on your own. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we are talking about belief and action. And yeah, Ephesians 5 is full of all of these action calls that Paul gives. Do this, don't do this. You know, I was thinking about it is that I had to think, when was the last time I, it's been a while since I've sinned. 
You guys didn't even hold that in for two seconds. <laughs> it was immediate. It was just such a good build up of drawing stuff, thinking about the guys. Um, really been just <laughs> in my times with the Lord, of course, processing. Yeah, how... man, I'm so thankful that it's been a while since I've sinned. <laughs> but that, that, I mean, that really ties into what we're doing today is that talking about the there are so many moments in scripture that are loaded with directives yeah if you're a follower of jesus if you are uh, walking in grace if you are forgiven if you love god if you are part of the body of christ all these things then it leads to an action and walking outside of that response i guess is sin the problem with directives in the bible written to people is that those people were different than us, and the person writing the directives is in a different. It feels like a different world. Yeah. And so I can read scripture like Ephesians five with clear directives, and almost get offended at what is written there because it's not far enough, good enough, right enough, just like full of enough justice. It seems like sometimes, and. I, I think the question that I, I kind of come down to is how do we determine what are those parts of the Bible that faith has moved forward, moved beyond? I don't know if that's the right word, but in what areas are like the directives are really important? Well, the directive, just in relationship, Zach is a parent, me as a parent of older kids, but just in relationship with people, how you give direction. To, from one person to another is rad. If if you're hmm. have relational IQ, that's good. You how you communicate and relate with different people, give direction is radically different. And so Tori yells at us because she knows that that's what we need. Yeah. <laughs> the only way to be heard. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, um, I I I like I like direct direction yeah and um my problem is that in a moment when i if if i'm worn thin if it's because of tired or distracted or focused i i can really quickly give direction in the same way i like to receive it which is not great and i don't know if people that are like really passive do the same thing oh you know what i'm so tired and exhausted and really stressed out, and so I'm going to be extra gentle because I like gentle. I don't. That's maybe not how it works. But you can ask Zach about him when his car broke down. Yeah, we. I mean, that's that's old, <laughs> that's old news. Tori even knows this story. Tori, how do you how do you best receive direction, like from say in your many jobs? I think you could even say correction. Ooh, direction. yeah, direction and correction. So I, I can receive direction a million different ways. Yeah, correction, I can be a little more picky with. Yeah. How do you best uh, receive direction? Oh, yeah, direction and correction, I would say it's different. But direction, I like clarity 
and directness. I guess the same in correction, but it has to come from under it has to come from someone I respect and then it has to be done in a respectful way. What does respect mean? Um I guess when I say in that context, I mean someone that I think that I would in some way want to be like, therefore would take advice from, um, versus someone that I say, I don't know. Yeah, I don't want to be like you. I'm not going to take advice from you. Well, and then how do they show respect to you, though? What is the respect to you? Oh, um, for me, it is still like being direct and clear, but just still done... I don't know. It, it like, you know, probably not in public in front of a bunch of people and maybe done with some level of like warning, like, Hey, I would like to talk about this so that I have some preparation going into it. Um, but then still clear. I think if someone has like a problem with me, I would want them to say like what the problem was, what it happened. Um, and explain like what yeah what it caused in them where i know a lot of people might not love that like level of directness but i i like to know not you made me upset but okay what did i do that made you ex- upset so that i can know for next time like what actions caused a certain reaction versus a general like yeah you upset me or you hurt me that's not enough i want more specific yeah there's a ton of wisdom and direction and even back to even Paul's words in this is that Paul could write Ephesians could be a lot shorter and Ephesians is pretty short by just going God loves you he's gracious grace is for all you guys are messing things up let's pray do the right thing (laughs) and uh, but I think the complexity of any biblical directive or correction is that um, there's so much transferable to who we are and where we are and what we're doing, but to do it mindlessly, you really, really miss something to just like Paul's coming down really hard on this thing. Well, if he was speaking directly to you right now, uh, would he be coming down on that same thing? Would it be different? How much does culture play into that? How much does time play into that? Yeah. How much does the environment of the place that they lived play into that? Yeah. So does that mean we just throw out everything Paul says to these people since they're different than us? Well, I, what I'm doing on Sunday, what my portion of this is to break it. Because there are many. And I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rattle off a bunch of some of the biblical directives that are corrections that are... the old testament has a lot of them that are easy to just try to dismiss or ignore or say well that's that's just cultural and um the thing that we have to really i think wrestle with internally and process is that we can say really quickly about biblical truths or biblical corrections or biblical directives that well that one is for us and that one is not for us right well how did you how did you do that? And the, the fun of it, and Zach, I know that you've written a lot about this, is that 
I think the same thing is happening when you go, like Jesus had a whole bunch of his corrections and directives that the Sermon on Mount is loaded with them. You, know, you need to really love your enemy. You need to go the extra mile. If they ask for your coat, give them your pants as well. You know, that, that, that's, that's the message version. <laughs> but but, but the, the, thing, the thing about that is that, so if it's an Old Testament thing, when, you know, it says don't, sew together two different types of thread and like okay well i don't have to worry about that one but when jesus says uh turn the other cheek and i go ah i believe that's a good thing but i don't do it is the same thing happening are we selecting wrong i think it's good to make the distinction that jesus in summing up the law was speaking to everyone present and that Paul's ministry even we see the people of Ephesus were these non-Jewish people who were outsiders to the you know the what is it what's the word my, my mind's blanking the covenant yeah the covenant God made with with Israel was was specifically for his people Israel and these Ephesians would never have even been invited into it and so as Paul gives them this list of things to do and to have part of their life it's it's through this new covenant and so we take it even a step further like okay we're we're different even from these ephesians two thousand years ago so so what do we do with it and i think it's good to define between the things that uh culturally would have been something that was really important to the people that don't have much bearing on the soul and things that really destroy our souls in the end and it can for me, it can be hard to find that line, but when I think about sewing two cloths together, eh, probably not much impact on my soul. Yeah. If I'm uh, committing adultery, if I'm cheating on my spouse, if I'm murdering my neighbor for his belongings, probably some detriment to my soul. Yeah. That. And, you know, there's just so much that goes into this conversation about the differences between the covenant God had with Israel and this new covenant in Jesus. And then even Paul to these people who were Gentiles, like they would probably come in like, well, where do we fit in all this? What do we have to do not do? Tori, I see your hand is up. <laughs> it's part of our format of podcasting is that everybody raises their hands. <laughs> yeah, that was sarcasm. If you didn't know. I, don't know if this is a good thing to bring up on the podcast. So, um, Nobody listens. I don't think it's always that easy to discern between um, clothing. Oh, of course we do our cotton blends and our whatever. Like, and oh well, like Jesus says to turn the other cheek. I think those are two easy examples. Yeah. But what about examples that are more complex of? Yeah. Um, well, go to Ephesians 5 verse 4 is there should be no foolish or coarse jokes well, coming yeah. out of your mouth how I, yeah. there, I don't remember the last day when the three of us Scott, Greg and myself were together and some kind of foolishness did not come out of <laughs> one of our mouths and so, I know I just see Jesus shaking his head somewhere. Scott LOL. That's what I wrote next to it. Not <laughs> <laughs> uh, in a bad way. I just was like. Yeah. 
And <laughs> thinking about, again, I, I can't get away from Jesus's directive, again, that he would say, or correction, saying things like, you do not worry. Do not worry. Like that, there isn't like, hey, you should try really hard not to worry as much as you used to worry because the Jesus says, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. Again, what do you do with that? Did you have an That's answer for your own question, Tori? Because we don't have answers. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have answers. It, what I think that there are some things that are pretty easy to do that I think are broken, and I would love to like bring that to the conversation. It's, it's, I think it's really easy to go and to verbalize and say, the Bible is the Bible. Whatever it says, I do. I don't know why that always has to have a Southern accent. I'm sorry to all of my Southern friends. <laughs> <clears throat> Someday you'll have the internet and you'll be able to listen to this. But <laughs> oh, 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 man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, foolish talk. It's okay. <laughs> the rapture will have already happened and they won't need it. <laughs> okay, but um, I don't even know what I was talking about. Oh, the, the idea that you would say it's the Bible, it's the Bible. I do everything it says. There are some breakdowns in that. Uh, and again, if you'd say, well, what are the breakdowns? I would encourage you to read. Man, I, this isn't a moment to just give you all. Here, here are the 14 moments that are kind of complex. You should wrestle with this. And, and I think it's the wrestling with it is not just the Old Testament law, these things, but Jesus' words of, again, like saying, don't worry. So then the other thing that's pretty easy to go is to just say, you know what? It's all... It's all allegory or illustration or, you know, it's, it's not really real or, you know, what, it's so much a different culture, different time. And so you don't really have to embrace or follow or dig into it. You know, build guidelines from principle. Sure. I, yeah. But so you can do the, the extremes. You don't have to worry about any of the. The corrections of scripture or you worry about all the corrections of scripture and so those may be easy to express or to defend but leads to a lot of hypocrisy i think so what is it right down the middle or is it something else tori go i don't know uh, <laughs> um Obviously, I mean, obviously not. I think it takes tons of discernment, but I don't know. People far more educated than me have not figured out one way to interpret scripture. Well, how do you decide? Boom. I'm an avoider, which this is actually a rare situation that I'm an avoider. Um... I think as of recent, as of like going to Bible college and learning about all of the different ways that things can be interpreted, that part of me does say, 
avoid scripture in some ways in the sense of if we're never going to know the right way to interpret it how can we try to apply it which is a really bad response Uh, and luckily I think I've been in a place recently where it is okay how do we approach this with fresh eyes and try to like come to the best understanding that we can um but it is I don't know it is difficult especially when um like I believe you know again those easy scriptures of like I believe that God has called us to love other people but what does that look like practically and if you know, cause for, as I don't know, as where I stand as a woman, uh, Ephesians five, if interpreted as a men are automatically the head of the house, um, doesn't quite seem like love to me. Mm-hmm. So how do you, but what if that's what, that's, what if that's how that's supposed to be interpreted? So I think there are moments of, those it's it's complex of okay yeah I want to love others and I want to follow those principles that Christ set but also is there ever is there ever taking that too far I don't I don't know yeah I I think some of the wild cards to put into this equation is that I think that my faith says that the Holy Spirit is really real. I think that the direction, the conviction, the insight given by the Holy Spirit is part of the Godhead, all that stuff. I, th- I think that's really real. I have faith in that. But I also have faith in not developing or hearing, building theology in isolation it can be pretty scary and pretty twisted. I mean, in myself, you know, in that moment, that's, that's why we're doing this together right now is because you know when somebody says i am the interpreter and i i'm going to go figure everything out and then i'm going to come back and i'll tell you uh that's pretty there's been a lot of mistakes in human history done in isolation to build uh not just theology but many things there's checks and balance and there's uh just a moment when i mean it happens over and over unfortunately in my marriage like Hey, just want to remind you, it's a terrible idea. Okay, I'm glad you told me. I hurt my, I, I, I feel embarrassed or ashamed or frustrated because of that. But you know, think of all the things that I've been spared from because Amber has said no. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think it's you can say that the Bible is both an inspired work that is written by, inspired and written by people doing the work of God to real people at a real time. And both, it is also not the culmination of everything that God has to say to humanity. Yeah. And so, because otherwise it would be, otherwise we would have no Holy Spirit. Otherwise it wouldn't be Pentecostal. Yeah, yeah, we, we would just, I mean, once you've memorized the Bible, you, you go to heaven. Yeah, that's that's literally it. You've you've got everything, and you know I, I mean I definitely believe that Jesus, John what? one talking about Jesus being the Word, like representative of Scripture itself. Jesus, the Living Word, being represented within a book, 
It's a crazy concept to me. I still can't wrap my head around it all the time. But that means that this word is alive and it's not bound just within a book. But I think that's even, that brings up the importance in the wrestling of scripture because, because scripture is one of the, is the only, I guess, physical thing that we have that is the basis, one, for, one, our perception of Christ, and then two, how uh, we learn about the Holy Spirit. So if we have a false interpretation of Scripture, are we going to determine the move of the Holy Spirit differently and like again like that's it's so complex or again how how does christ want us to live if we get our i our perception of christ from scripture then how important is it it is so important that we interpret it yeah because the breakdown is that because <laughs> going back to direction and correction that we're going to be walking around in this this weekend is that it's it's easy to go if I only understood it, or if I if I just read it or memorized it, then I'm good. But the distance between knowing or understanding and doing or being that that is a huge leap too. And um, um, I, obviously, not maybe it's not obviously, but there's continually the theme in all scripture is to understand. The heart, the principle, to understand that it's not about emulating or imitating the people in biblical narrative, but see that God is constant and see how he relates to imperfect people just like like us. And from that relationship with imperfect people and perfect God, changing people and perfect and consistent God, we can, again, build theology, understanding of God, understanding of directives in the midst of all of the chaos. Tori, could how are how are you? Tori's going to be ending this conversation on Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so here you go. How are you going to fix it for everybody? What's what's the goal? What's the takeaway? What do you want me to say? My last question. What's I don't care. What do you? What? How did you get there? What What happened in you? To get there. That's what this is all about. How did I get to my last question? Yeah, what happened? What happens in you? Well, you asked me a lot of abstract questions, and then I <laughs> formed a question uh, from that. Um, I I, mm, <laughs> I don't have an answer to this. But share your, what is the story? What is, I, cause I thought that was really compelling. I'm gonna share that on Sunday. You want me to share it now? I don't know what it is. Yeah. Okay. Well, people are gonna hear it twice, but yeah. um, actually when I was younger and this shows the good little pastor kid in me, um, I read a missionary story about Gladys Alward um, and I told Scott earlier, I'm like, I don't know if she just stuck in my memory because she was known as the short missionary 
and she was 4'10". I'm 5'2", so it is still different, but at the same time, we're both short. Anyways, um, she, so she was a missionary in Asia, and there's this one specific story about how she had just been there for a while. She had been preaching. She, her ministry had been growing, and at one point, she got a call from whoever oversaw the prison system um, in a specific area in Asia and said, there's a prison riot. We want you to come calm this riot. And she said, why are you asking me to do this? And he said, we've heard that you preach a message about the King of Peace. So if you really believe that, we, we feel like you can come and do something. You can bring peace here. Um, and so I think, so, she, you know, it's written in a story format, but, she, you know, she has this moment of, uh, I guess, an internal check of, okay, do I really believe this? And if I believe that Jesus is peacemaker and protector, I can go to this prison and create peace. Um, and so she does that. She is, she's able to walk into a riot where, uh, people, the prisoners have weapons, have been killing each other. Like it's an, an extreme riot. Um, and eventually is able to just through being there, cause everyone to sit down and actually have a discussion about like, what's going on? Why are people rioting? And they, it finds out that they just don't have any purpose or food. And so she's able to work with the overseers to create a system in which the prisoners are able to work and get food so they have both like purpose and some level of dignity and able to also eat and not be just going crazy um but there is that moment where she has to say are my actions going to align with what I've been saying that I believe that's the such a, a foundational thing is that going from the bible's just a whole bunch of rules God is just trying to ruin my life um, to I'm going to embrace uh, the reality of that transformative like embracing who God is and being that well all right, this is going to be a fun conversation yeah. Tori thank you for being a part of this I'm sorry you're not here right now <laughs> <laughs> next time yeah maybe well we'll do it by zoom <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, want to encourage everybody to uh, be involved in community uh, this is uh, a complicated or a different season when uh, there is a lot of online church happening but real relationship is, is still happening and we want to encourage you to do that uh, with with your neighbor, with your community, with, with your church, uh, wherever you're at. I encourage you to do that. Uh, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll connect with you soon. Bye.